Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to talk about the fact that Moritz Sider is finally a Calder finalist, and which of the Red Wings goalies got the best grades this season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We'll, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, on today's docket, Wednesday morning, the NHL has been slowly trickling out their finalists for each and every award. It was only a matter of time. But Wednesday morning, we found out that indeed, Moritz Sider is a Calder finalist, along with, to no surprise, I don't think, Michael Bunting and Trevor Zegras. Um, that's where we're going to lead the show off today. Then segment two, we're going to get into beginning our goalie, or not our goalie grades, but our team grades. And we're going to start with the goalie core. And then if we have time, we'll do a little bit of a how do you feel about a Friday, but we got to figure out, you know, feel it out and see uh, how good these conversations are going here in the first two segments. Scotty, to lead things off, though, back to the fact that Moritz Sider was officially named a Calder finalist for Rookie of the Year. We've been saying it for weeks on end, months on end at this point, that he's a no-brainer for a Calder finalist. And he's honestly, and I think seeing the finalists, the feeling still remains a no-brainer for the trophy as well. Yeah, uh, it's still like seeing who the finalists are doesn't change anything in my eyes. He's still the favorite comfortably, and not only that, uh, I, I think he should win it unanimously. I don't think anyone else should receive a first-place vote. I, I, I don't think anyone else deserves a first-place vote. I don't think there's an argument that anybody else in the entire rookie class and neither of the other two players that they chose uh, to, for, for finalists for the award deserve a, a first-place vote. I think it's as easy as that. So I think you just um, – I, I, I think, you know, Zegras tailed off. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about some, some old people jokes in here as well. And like, like just no one else, no one else. And it's not even a slight at the competition. It's not even a slight at, at Bunting and Zegris. It's just like, like Moritz Sider was just him. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like he, he was just comfortably better than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, we, like I said, we've talked about it so much at this point, but the fact that he's officially announced as a color finalist. I think it is important that we discuss it. But like I said, he's got to be the favorite. And I mean, if you look at the, the other two finalists, Michael Bunting and Trevor Zegers, again, like you said, not to take anything away from the fantastic seasons they've had, you know, Michael Bunting, it is what it is. He technically falls within the um, scope of what is considered a rookie, despite the fact that he was taken in the same draft that Cal McCarr was taken in and that uh, Cal McCarr, or I'm sorry, not Cal McCarr, as Nathan McKinnon in 2014 was um, different Colorado Avalanche player, right, but yeah. was the 2014 Calder champion. They were born the same year, the same month. Eight years later, Michael Bunting is now Rookie of the Year. And I have some interesting... Wild. It's wild. And wild. I, I think I sent you the screenshot. Somebody on Reddit posted, you know, how narrow, narrowly eligible Michael Bunting is for the Calder Trophy, but eligible nonetheless. 
And here are the three things. To be Calder eligible, you need no more than 25 games in a prior Major League Pro season. That, when they say prior Major League Pro, they this was written back when the WHA was still a thing. Right. Bunting played 21 games in 2020, 2021. So narrowly escaping the 25 uh, max. No more than six games in two different Major League Pro seasons. Bunting played five NHL games in 2018, 2019, and must be 25 years or younger on September 15th. Bunting turned 26 on September 17th. So just like a few games, a few days here and there, and all of a sudden he's not eligible for the Calder. But all that aside, he is still eligible for the Calder Trophy. But I think, Scotty, that no matter how you slice it, his age is going to still play a factor in the voting. He has had a phenomenal year. I mean, he had a 60-point rookie season. No, he 63 he points year. in 79 games. But he's also the same age as Dylan Larkin, the captain of the Red Wings. So I feel like it's almost more fair to he's look what, at... a six-year vet? Yeah, a six-year vet who had 79 or 69 points this year. So it's this is a man who's in the prime of his career, basically, as a rookie. He starts off in his prime. Because I don't know how much better you're going to get at 26 years old. Whereas you look right. at what Moritz Sider and Trevor Zegers have done. And then, so Zegers had 61 points in 75 games played. So two less points in four less games. That's, uh, that's damn good for a guy who's, what, 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that range. And then you look at and who trailed off a little bit near the end, but was still very productive. You look at Moritz Sider, who had 50 points in 82 games played. And he was the f- first defenseman to score, first defenseman, rookie defenseman right. to have like 50 points. And I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but he was also in the top 20 amongst all defensemen this season in points. He was 14th in the league in total time on the ice. You know, his expected goals above replacement this season was 8.7, which was above Trevor Zegers's, who was a Fords, 8.2, but below Michael Bunting's 12.6. But again, when you you do have to take into fact that while yes, Michael Bunting is a rookie, he's a rookie starting off in the prime of his career, playing between Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, and I think that's going to end up being not a boon, but you know, uh, what's the opposite of a boon? A a what sort I'm looking for? A negative. Let's just say negative. Boom or bust? <laughs> no boon. B o. Oh boon. Oh yeah, yeah. Negative. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. There's an actual word that usually goes with it, but I can't remember it. But yeah, that's going to be a negative towards his argument. And then with Trevor Zegras, I honestly like. I feel like at that point, I'm okay with him being nominated as a finalist. But I feel like there's other rookies you could honestly put in that spot. I feel like that third spot is pretty interchangeable. When you look at the grand scope of what every player has done in this rookie season or this season as rookies, I mean, more no one has done it more and no one has done it better than Moritz Sider. He's played even strength. He's played power play. He's played shorthanded. He has done everything that the Red Wings have asked for him. He stepped up in the offensive play. He's been a huge, huge plus for the Red Wings in the defensive zone and a team where they have no other defensemen. So oftentimes he's playing, it seems like he's out there alone. This man has done it all as a 20-year-old. 21 now, but 20 when the season started. I don't see an argument for anyone else. Yeah, and, like, the, the age thing is certainly a, a factor. And, um, you know, like, we, we were talking earlier in the season that 
um, Ned would like not get a legitimate look at any rookie um, like teams or awards or recognition or anything because he played so many games last year. But he was a finalist last year. Right. He was technically rookie eligible this year, too. Um, So I, I, I think that that not quite being applied to him is like kind of weird to me. But the biggest thing that I just want to drive home is that the age, like it it, it does matter a little bit, but like in my eyes, like it doesn't even like matter. Like Moritz Sider, he he could be 20. He could be the same age as Mo. I I don't care. Like Moritz Sider should win it and win it unanimously. Like it's, it's, I understand that that it absolutely will play a factor, and it probably will be uh, a bigger reason why um, it's as much of a landslide as we think it's going to be to Mo. Um, and you know, if you had a dude who was twenty that put up a sixty-point season, like that would be great and whatever. But I, it, to me, like he he's the winner regardless of how old all of his competition is. Like he he should he should win the award comfortably. He is easily the best player uh, on the panel and that's really all the award should come down to and that's why he should still win it unanimously in my eyes well yeah and then, and then the final point too is it kind of goes back to something i was talking about earlier is nobody was given more responsibility on their team as a rookie than more inside right. was i mean yeah michael bunting was playing first line minutes at uh trevor zegris was as well so was lucas raymond who you could you could make an argument. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw a fit that Lucas Raymond wasn't named a finalist because again, the point is moot. It's gonna be more outsiders at the end. Right. The rest, no one's gonna remember the finalists. Anyone's gonna remember who the champion is. So Lucas Raymond getting named finalist or not doesn't really matter to me. Right. But no one was given Agreed. more responsibility than more outsider this season. Like he was tasked with being the best defenseman on the team the moment he stepped on the ice, and he not only lived up to that expectation, but he exceeded it in every single role he was put in. That expectation wasn't on Trevor Zegers. That expectation wasn't on Michael Bunting. That expectation wasn't put on Lucas Raymond. These guys weren't told, and they're not necessarily told, but these guys weren't expected to step on the ice and become the best player at their position the moment they stepped on the ice. For Moritz Sider, it was. And that's why he's Rookie of the Year. Speak on it, brother. Actually, I'm done speaking on it. Today, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that Imagine plastic a tub. Bar banner. I, I felt good about that read. I was like, this is going to be a good one. And then Scott. Now it's going to be a better one. You it's going to be a better one because there's a build, there's a banner. <laughs> Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing. That was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs, and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs yet, I'll let you in on a little secret. Because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and 9 grams sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All built, all built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein 
which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com and get birthday cake puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Felt good about that one. It was a good one, buddy. All-timer, honestly. Um, It was a good one. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, I think we should transition now. I think we said our piece on our uh, Calder finalists, why Moritz Sider deserves to win it. Let's transition now into finally starting our team grades. We've been kind of putting it off. Like we keep saying the last few days, we've been, or the last few weeks even, since the season ended, we're like, when do we do the grades? When do we do the grades? We're like, we'll do it this week. And then we'll get a guest. And then the draft lottery. And then Barry Trotz was fired. So it's, it's just more pressing news has kept coming out, pushing our grades back. But we will start it today. And yeah, we got all offseason to get through them. So. Yeah, so there's no rush. But since we are starting with a shortened show, because we did the first segment on Calder, it's easiest probably to start with goaltending, and that's where we will begin. I think most pressing, we should start with the guy who's probably going to get the highest grade and got most of the workload this season in Alexander Nedeljkovic. Scotty, I want to hear from you first. Oh. That's not my highest grade of the three, but okay. Well, what grade and why do you give Alex Nedeljkovic uh, whatever you give him? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving that a B plus. Uh, I think that he was phenomenal. There was a little bit of a stretch there uh, in I want to say January, February, where um, his where where he started dipping. Uh, but it's it's and I know giving a goalie B plus and, and uh, when there was like a month stretch of games where we were consistently giving up six goals is, is ridiculous. But um, I was, my biggest thing with Ned was after the last game of the season, am I confident that he is part of the Detroit Red Wings plan in between the pipes going forward when we're competitive again? And the answer to that is yes. And that's really all that mattered to me. Um, he had some incredible games. Uh, I'm not going to pin too much against him, given how atrocious the defense was all year and how much it struggled all year. Um, this was a, a really the debate for me was between a B or a B plus. I, I don't think I really considered a range because, again, like it'd feel even weirder for me to give a dude like some you know an A or an A minus with uh, yeah just barely. With- with the goals against that we had, yeah. Uh, but I think ending the season with a 900 save percentage behind this defense is nothing short of a miracle. So, uh, like I said, biggest thing was just, do I feel confident that that he can be uh, part of the, of the goaltender situation going forward when we want to be a playoff team again? And my answer to that is yes, so I'm giving him a B plus. Yeah, um, I agree with your reasoning. My grade's a little lower. I'm just going to give him a solid B. Uh, rather than a B plus. While I do agree on that, very little of the blame for the how poorly that season ended is on Nedeljkovic. Um, he does, as a member of the team, share a part of that blame, however little it may be. And there were some games where Nedeljkovic himself, honestly, looked really bad, really rough after that All Star break. Agreed. But that doesn't that also doesn't erase the whole first half of the season where he looked like a genuine stud. I mean, at one point, his save percentage was creeping up north of 920, 
closer to what it was with his, with Carolina last year. All the while, still playing behind that defense that is much worse than Carolina's. Eventually, I feel like a the increased workload of a full length season began to wear on him because this is this is technically he's still a rookie, guys. Right, technically, so year, yeah. Um, so this is his first full year as a genuine starter. He started off as a one A one B role with him and Thomas Grice, but as Grice continued to struggle, Nedeljkovic took hold. And Nedeljkovic was great for the greater part of the season. Now the wheels fell off. And again, most of that blame falls on the team around him, not giving him any support, but giving up 11 goals a game, giving up 10 goals a game, no matter how bad the defense in front of you is, is still, in my eyes, unacceptable, no matter who you are on the team. It's a, it's a thing that the whole team has to bear, including goaltending. So that's why I'm giving him a B, because so I, I don't put a lot of the blame on him. And like you said, Scotty, amongst all that, amidst all that, just terrible losing. He still was able to rise to the occasion and have a 40 save um, game against the Boston Bruins, only letting in one. He's still able to put on a 46 save shutout in Carolina, his former team. Yes, so he was. there were still multiple games where he was able to show up and show out despite the team that was in front of him and literally drag the Red Wings to victory. Cause if you look at this, this charts and we talked about it all season long, pulling oh, yeah. up like game shot charts and Corsi maps, the red, games those Red Wings won, when he was out playing like that, it wasn't close. The Red Wings were getting dominated in each and every one of those games. It was purely Alex Nedeljkovic. And so the fact that Alex Nedeljkovic is capable of putting the team on his shoulders and winning games like that is why he gets such high marks, despite a save percentage of only 900. In fact, like you said, Scotty, him having a 900 save percentage, a 901, almost 902, I believe it was, isn't a negative. It's insane that he has a 902 yeah, save percentage. It's actually like weirdly impressive because of yeah. how bad the defense was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we were talking about the fact that he's still making over 90% of the saves regardless. Now, if you look at his goal saved above expected, it's not flattering. But again, I just, I, I can't, I can't put too much of the blame from this season on Nadelkovich's shoulders when you look at the team that was put in, on the ice around him, in front of him. It just, it does not, it's not right to mark him down. And just like you, Scotty, I have confidence that next year, the better team, he'll be even better. And yep. I have confidence that he is the starting goaltender for the Red Wings next season. And the season after that, you know, once Sebastian Kosa is ready to come to the NHL, then we can have a debate, but I think he is a bona fide starting goaltender in this league. hundred percent agree. Um, before we get to Thomas Grice and Magnus Halberg, Let's do a quick little ad read because I don't want to have to interrupt our conversation halfway through. I'm going to knock betonline.net out, and then we can uh, finish off the show. Nice banner. Thank you. Appreciate it. Our partners at BetOnline continue the, to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You know, the first time I did that read, Scotty, it said NLF futures, and uh, I was really thrown off. I'm like, is there a league called NLF or is that an NFL typo? So if you go back mm. a few days, the first time I did that read, I say NLF and I pause. Because I'm like very like visibly confused, <laughs> but it's it's correct now. They fixed it, so now I don't sound like an idiot. Well, I still sound like an idiot well, for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
All right, let's move on to the backup goaltender from the bulk of this season in um, Thomas Grice. Scotty, I think this is probably going to be the most interesting goalie to grade out of the three because I don't know where your expectations for Thomas Grice coming into the season were, so I don't know what kind of grade you would give him. Right, yeah, I, I gave him a C plus. I, I don't like – and I, I guess maybe we have to talk about our academic careers and talk about the fact that a C plus for me is like not bad at all. <laughs> um, That's what I'm thinking too. I was, I'm surprised you gave him a grade that high. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Like I didn't expect too terribly much out of him. I, I mean, there was a point in the season where he was cleared from COVID and Ned was just still playing every night, including back to backs. Uh, so like, you know, he's not going to get, anything more than that uh the reason that i'm giving him a c plus is because he was not an absolute liability for the most part uh when ned needed a a day off or when ned was scheduled to have a day off or whatever um so he's gonna get yeah it was either a c or a c plus for me i I, right there in the middle I, i could really go with either one i was i guess feeling a little positive in the moment, but either one of those grades I think is, uh, is, is justifiable. Like wasn't what, like I said, wasn't a liability. There wasn't any point in the season where we were like, wow, like maybe we should just cut Thomas Grice and he should just not be the backup goalie anymore. And we should just get him out of here and not even wait his contract out. But there also was never a point in the season, even amidst the team's struggles where we were like, oh, like Grice should probably take over for Ned. So like, yeah, he gets like a C. Right there, right there in the middle. I uh, wait, C or C plus? I think you said both at one point. Uh, well, I I got C plus. I guess will be my final answer. But I, like I said, I, I could really give him either of those um, interchangeable and, for you. Yeah, very, very. It's like it's like a like a seventy six and a half percent or a seventy seven yeah. and a half percent. It's like right there on on in between. See, I actually disagree with that. Um. It's rare we disagree on things. Normally we're on the same page, but I, I got to give him a D. I mean, really? yeah, you look at, so I'm comparing what he did last year, what he was expected to this year. And, you know, last year he I mean, was in a one, a one B role with Jonathan Bernier. He played 34 games and yep. he had a nine twelve save percentage. The second half of the year, he was strong this season. He came out and again, it was supposed to be a one, a one B situation, but he did not play well throughout the entire season. He had moments here and there, but he finished season with an 891 save percentage. And again, I know the defense, you know, I I can't in all fairness, you know, say blame Thomas Grice for an 891 save percentage and then say when Nadalkovich has a 901 save percentage just 10 points higher like, "Oh, it's not his fault." Yeah, the defense was horrible in front of Thomas Grice as well. But the fact that his save percentage dropped by nearly 20 points, 21 points in just one season is n- you know, not excusable in my opinion, especially when his workload was just three less games. The reason, part of the reason why Thomas Grice was getting less and less starts throughout the season and Nadelkovich was getting more and more was one, because Nadelkovich was playing out of his mind for the first half of the season. But on the second half of the season, when the team was playing bad, Nadelkovich was still getting the bulk of the starts because Grice, you put him in that, I felt he was a liability. I felt you put Thomas Grice in that you're going to give up three or four goals a game. And it's not, it, this isn't nothing personal, but just by observe, observing 
his performance this year. I mean, it's pretty clear that this 36-year-old goaltender may not have much left in the tank and that, you know, he's it's clearly it's clear that the Red Wings are going to move on from him and th- after the signing of Magnus Halberg, that may have been part of the reason why they signed Magnus Halberg because Thomas Grice wasn't performing. But then again, flip side, Halberg only played one game, so I'm still not really sure on why they signed him. But that's just speculation on my part. But I just don't, I can't comfortably give because I'm I'm with you. A C is a decent grade, you know. It's that's that's seventy percent or better, right? In school, that's what it is. A D is a barely passing grade, and that's what I feel like Thomas Grice did this year. Barely passable backup goaltender. Sure. I, I mean, I think, I guess maybe that's just the, the difference between like, like you said, like I, I don't, um, I don't put as much of like, to me, that is, that is when we're getting blown out and net is in net, it's like, oh, well, like the defense is horrible. And then if we're getting blown out and Grice is in that, it's like, oh, well, Grice sucks. Like, I, I think that, I think that that you know the defense was horrible no matter who was in that and I while I don't think that I mean again like I, I gave him a C plus like I don't think he's you know blew it out of the water or anything um, I I think that for the I, I think that when he was in the game you thinking like oh you know this is might be a higher scoring game is reasonable. Um, but I think most people feel that when their backup is in and their starter isn't. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily like Thomas Grice is, is, was just like absolutely putrid. It was just like, okay, like, yeah, the backup's playing tonight. Like maybe we expect a, a higher scoring game. And honestly, at one point in the season, like we both very well know, once like February, March hit, it was just a high score game every night, no matter who was in that. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's why I try to compare this year's to last year's stats. I mean, he's only one year older. You tell me that one year difference is going to drop your uh, save percentage by 21 whole points. I mean, this was sure. the second worst year he has ever had as a goaltender. And really, honestly, the worst, because the only year he's had a worse save percentage in this year was his rookie season in 07-08, where he only played three games. This is the worst season he has had. And I know that you know, again, the defense was horrible in front of him, which is why I'm trying not to compare it to like Nedeljkovic. What I'm trying to compare it to is how he did last year with a defensive core that was largely the same. Not if I don't know if it would be even any better. Last year, you didn't have more insider. Would you consider last year's defensive core better? I don't know if you can. So no, probably not. And I mean, obviously, a big part of the collapse is coaching. But he had a 9-12 save percentage that year, which was on track with what he's done his entire career. His his career save percentage. Is a night well, it's a 912 save percentage. So he, he matched his career average last season, and this year he was the worst he's ever been, 21 points below, which is just honestly why I give him a D. Sure. Because it's just it was markedly worse than what his career trajectory would suggest he should have been. Sure. No, I mean that's totally fair. And again, like at the end of the day, we're splitting we're, hairs. We're well, we're splitting hairs on a black backup goalie that neither of us yes. think or want back. So, like, I, you know, we're both entitled not, to our own opinions, right? It's not, yeah, like it's not, like he, he's not going to be playing here on opening night, like, and and I don't think either of us want him to. So, like, whatever. But, um, no, I, and honestly, I think, 
like if you were to average out our two grades, I feel like that would be probably about the average letter like a C grade minus. Of, yeah. yeah, of like the fan base. I feel like the fan base would be around like that, you know, like C minus, low C minus range. So like I, I don't I don't think that um I don't think we're too far off. It's it's really just a matter of um like I said, like how much how low you thought his lows were, because yeah, like everybody on the team had some lows this season so it's really just a matter of how how uh the depths of of his lows versus the depths of everyone else's i think i mean that being said good luck to thomas grice you know i was really pumped when they signed him i thought he was a phenomenal gonna be a phenomenal 1b situation with bernier he was last season i mean bernier and grice actually made a pretty solid tandem so i did fortunate how this year ended up for him but i wish him luck hope he gets a you know another shot with another organization um, the final goaltender we got to talk about is not Calvin Picard. Um, didn't really feel the need. We're going to talk about Magnus Helberg, who played one very important game at the very end of the season. Damn right. Scotty, what's your Magnus Helberg grade? A plus highest on the staff. <laughs> not particularly close either. Um, yeah. best goal the team's ever seen. Yeah. Did, did we lose a single game? He was in net for he was, a, he had a perfect win percentage. As he had a perfect win percentage. Um, and on top of that, he had the coldest pads in the entire NHL. I'm not really <laughs> sure what else you want. You know, he, is the save percentage incredible? It's not, you know, jaw dropping, but at the end of the day, he was undefeated and that's all you can really ask for. Undefeated. Uh, undefeated. yeah, he had the, he had the best goal saved above expected as well with a negative 0.8. So, I mean, all the, all the advanced metrics are on his side too. So. He's clearly an A plus. Exactly. I mean, I agree. I gave him an A plus because he mean, is an A plus. Alex Nadelkovich, uh, better watch yourself, man. Magnus you better. Helberg is shooting for your job. You better. But all right, Scotty. I mean, in all seriousness, I don't know if you can really assign a real grade to him. Except an A plus. Except an A plus. Correct. Um, yeah, in the comments, let us know your Magnus Helberg grade. <laughs> Actually, just in the comments, let us know all the grades you'd give the goaltenders. And next week we'll bring you the offense and the defense and coaching staff and general manager grades. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Scotty, you got any final thoughts, man? We ball. We absolutely ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team. Online. There it is. You've been slacking. You've, you've forgotten a couple times this week. You're right. Every day. Every day. <laughs>